0: And God's been faithful, amen. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter number 10, and we'll begin with the first eight verses, and while you're turning there, I do honor all of my other family that's in the house today, amen. I'm thankful to have them here, love them, I appreciate them, amen, and I give honor to all of the ministry here in the house and the faithful saints of the Most High, amen. There's no better place that you and I could be than in the house of the Lord today, there are other places we could be, but no better place to be. Amen. I don't know about you, but I chose to come to church today. I'm not here out of, out of moral obligation today, just checking a checkbox. I chose to come and to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 10. The first eight verses, that there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day and an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Amen, it's by the help of the Holy Ghost that I come to preach to this great congregation when they heard there was more. I want you to know today there is more to life than just being a good moral person. Amen. Could you lift your hands towards heaven one more time with him and ask God's anointing upon the remainder of this service. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the praise and the worship team who has beautifully led us into your presence today. We thank you for the privilege and the honor together with people of precious and like faith. And God, I pray right now the anointing power of your spirit would flow through this house. Anoint my lips of clay to preach your word with passion, compassion, love and respect, but anoint me to preach with the anointing of your spirit, God. Let your will be done. Let people lead leave your field with the holy ghost uh, let people leave here renewed and made whole let people leave here healed by the power that's in the name of Jesus could you clap your hands unto the lord one more time thank you Jesus thank you Jesus, thank you, Jesus. God bless you you can be seated if you promise to help me preach amen i love 100% cooperation amen In our opening text we find a religious man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius is a devout man according to the scripture and he's doing all that he knows and all that he has learned to do in his living for God. And hear me from the outset of this message I am not criticizing nor diminishing anybody's relationship with God up to this point in your life. But I've come to tell you whether this is your first time in an apostolic church or you were raised in one there is more to living for God than what you know in this present moment. The Bible declares that His way are greater than ours his thoughts are higher than ours it doesn't matter what you've experienced thus far there is more from God than we know right now and I don't know about you but in this last day hour I want more of God's spirit we've had all the culture we've had all the religion we've had all the things the world can throw at us but there is a desire and a hunger within me that says God I want more of you the Bible declares that this church his day destined to be the farmer and the latter reign together. That means we're going to see more miracles. We're going to see more signs. and That means people are going to walk in here with cancer and leave made whole. That means people are going to walk in here bound by addictions and leave here set free. That means people are going to walk in here filled with sin and walk out filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I want more of God. Hallelujah. What is killing the church of today is complacency and comfortability. It's what killed an entire generation in a wilderness. The wilderness is viewed as a negative place, but hear me the wilderness was direct provision of God. But the wilderness was supposed to be a temporary place for them to gain strength, for them to regroup, and for them to prepare to head into a promised land. And I fear that our churches today are settling in temporary places of moves of God and saying it's good just because the music made our goosebump machine tickle a little bit. And it's good because we heard a fancy sermon. I'm not interested in good music and fancy sermons when God has promised us divine moves of his spirit i still believe in 2023 god is not only a healer but he's a deliverer god's not only a deliverer but he's a restorer we have not seen i have not seen ear hath not heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what god wants to do in this place Austin First Church, you cannot settle in temporary places when God has given you a promised land. I feel in the Holy Ghost right now, there are prophecies that have gone across this pulpit and into this church that have not been fulfilled yet. We are about to step into the place of more where prophecies are gonna be fulfilled, where your lost sons and daughters are gonna come home, where your sick family members are gonna rise up and be healed because God has promised us... To have more. Shatara Ramaki and the I believe in in physical miracles. I've laid hands on multiple different people and God has healed them of cancer. I laid hands on a lady's deaf ear and and she began to scream, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. We've seen God heal broken bones that were confirmed by x-ray. But I've come to tell you what we need in this hour is not just physical miracles, but mental and emotional healing like never before. There are people under the sound of my voice right now that you think it is your life life's destiny to live in depression and to live in fear and to live bound by the mistakes that you made and yesterday's gone by it's not the will of god for you to live in depression he showed up this morning to give you life and life more abundantly to break you out of chains of fear to break you out of bondage of sin to break you out of those addictions because he wants you to have more The angel of the Lord appears unto Cornelius and he said, Cornelius, you're a good man. You're a religious man. You're a devout man and your prayers and your giving has come before the Lord as a memorial. He said, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to send some men down to Joppa and there's a man of God that's gonna tell you what you ought to do. I'm gonna tell somebody you need a man of God in your world. Not as a dictator, but an overseer. But as somebody that will lead you and guide you, I want to tell the church today, it's the church's job to love people. It's the church's job to be open to people, no matter what they look like, no matter what they smell like, don't no matter what their last name is, it's our job to be a place of welcoming, a place of loving, a place of kindness. It's the job of the man of God and the word of God to help people make the changes they need to make. And so Cornelius, when he hears that there is more than what he's done right now, Cornelius was not a man that was just satisfied with feeling good about his life. But he wanted everything that he could possibly get from God. And so immediately he calls two of his servants and a soldier. I believe he sent the soldier because he wanted to keep those servants safe on their way there and their way back. Because he wanted to protect the things that God was about to give him. And in the day that you and I are living in, there are so many men and women that are laying down the sword and throwing in the towel. Because we are not protected. What God has given us Listen it doesn't matter and I'm not going to get political But it doesn't matter what laws are passed It doesn't matter what judgments are handed down God is going to have a church And God is going to take care of his people I'm not worried about what tomorrow may bring Because I know who holds tomorrow And if God be for me Then who could be against me No weapon formed against me shall prosper That doesn't mean the weapon won't be formed But what it does mean is whatever weapons formed against me God's going to be my strength God's going to be my protector God's going to be my present help in a time of trouble we have got to rise up and protect this apostolic faith we got to protect the fact that there's one Lord one faith, one baptism the fact that it still takes repentance baptism in Jesus name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost So Cornelius immediately sends people to go hear from the man of God. In verse 9, on the morrow as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up on a housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry. People in this room can identify with that statement right now. Became very hungry, and he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance, and he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. In verse 15, and the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. Let me stop in this room right now in this message and tell somebody. What God has cleansed is clean. It don't matter the ink on your skin. It doesn't matter the scars. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've been through. When God forgives somebody, no matter if they were raised in the church house or they were raised in a crack house, when God forgives somebody, they are cleansed. They are set free. They are forgiven. Don't you dare let the devil hold a past over your head. It doesn't matter what it looked like yesterday. When God forgave you, you had been set free. And it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. You got to get your eyes on the future. You got to get your eyes on what I'm going to do right now and where it's going to lead me tomorrow. We need to let go of some stuff and let people live in mercy. And when I say we, I mean all of us. We need to allow people the opportunity to live in mercy, to live in forgiveness, because such were some of you. Every man born of woman was born in sin and shaping into iniquity. We all needed mercy. We all needed grace. Some of us feel as if we check our little check boxes. I showed up. I look apostolic. I'm dressed in the part, And we check all these little check boxes. And it makes us feel good about ourselves. But somebody walks in and we're mad because God forgave them when they done us wrong. You ain't had the breakthrough God's intended for you because you're still mad over something somebody's already repented of and God has already forgave and you can't let go. Some of you, what's keeping you from your breakthrough? I, I'm telling this, ain't even my notes right now. I'm just gonna walk in the Holy Ghost. What's keeping some of you from divine breakthrough is you can't forgive and let go. But what would happen in your world if God wouldn't have forgave you? What would you be like today if God wouldn't have showed you mercy? You can't earn mercy, you don't deserve mercy. Grace is literally defined as the unmerited favor of God. Some of you just need to let go of what happened years gone by and let people live in the mercy and the grace of God. Further reading through the remainder of the chapter, you, it would let you know that the Spirit woke Simon Peter up and told him that three men had came and needed to talk to him and, and that he was to go with them doubting nothing Simon Peter went to the door and he asked them what it was that they wanted and the angel of the Lord and they tell him about the angel of the Lord that warned Cornelius and sent for Simon Peter and and that he was to hear his words and while these men were going to to get Peter and bring him back uh, Cornelius went on an outreach mission Cornelius started getting people into his house because the Bible said that when they returned, there were many gathered in the house. And in verse 28 of of Acts chapter 10, and he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. And I'm about to step off into some dangerous waters, and if I get out of line, Pastor, you let me know. If he says anything different than what I say, he's right. He's your man of God, and I'm a privileged guest in his pulpit. But racism will send you to hell just as quick as anything else will. It's what Simon Peter notated when he walked in the door. He said, I shouldn't be here by means of culture. Culture divides us. Culture separates us. But he said, God told me, don't call anybody common because the end time revival is going to be for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every skin color, every nation, everybody with breath in their lungs. This Holy Ghost experience is for you people walk through our doors every day from different backgrounds different walks of life different skin colors different upbringings and all the diversity is a beautiful thing diversity is a blessing from God and God died for not just one specific person but he died for everybody Not only to save skin colors, but he died to save people that are caught in promiscuous lifestyles. He died to save people that are caught up in sins and different ways of living. It's for everybody. So then Simon Peter, once he gets the elephant out of the room... And he says, culture says I shouldn't be here. But God said he's for everybody. He says, so what is it that you need from me? And Cornelius explained unto him what the angel told him. And Simon Peter started preaching the word. And he started his message off just restating what he had stated when he walked in the door. He said, surely the Lord is no respecter of persons. I've come to tell somebody, today's your day to break out of generational curses. Just because your granddaddy was an alcoholic doesn't mean you have to be one. Just because things have been handed down from generation to generation in your family, you could be the key to saving your entire family. If you'll understand today that God is no respecter of persons. It don't matter your last name. It don't matter your pedigrees. It don't matter your education or lack thereof. God is for you, and God is no respecter of persons. So then he rears back and starts preaching. He said, now that we got all the awkward stuff out of the way, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. And he begins to preach and to teach Jesus Christ. And he begins to teach the things that Jesus did and how he was crucified and rose on the third day. And while he preached about the power of the Holy Ghost in verse number 44, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And it was my prayer in the hotel room last night and it was my prayer in this prayer room this morning. God I'm not interested in fancy titles and sermons but while I preach your word let the Holy Ghost fall break people out of bondage set people free, heal minds restore hearts and I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this room somebody you spent so much time looking for more at the end of a bottle. you spent so much time looking for more at the end of a joint but I've come to tell you the greatest more you're ever going to find is in the house of God he'll turn your sorrow into joy he'll turn your mourning into dancing he'll take your chaotic turmoiled mind and give you a peace that passes understanding hear me today there is more for you we spend so much time in this pursuit of this thing called life Pursuing for more, more things will make us happy. It's why you get up and go to work because more money is going to buy me more stuff and more stuff is going to bring me happiness. All the while to realize just the more money you make, the more debt you have. The more stuff you have, the more you got to get up and go to work in pursuit of happiness. And it's this vicious cycle of this merry go round, round and round and round. I've come to tell you there's not a job that pays good enough to bring your soul the happiness that it longs for. (laughs) Cornelius had to understand today that just being religious and devout was not enough. I thank God for the experience that you got and the hard part for people that come from other denominations and other walks of life, is you feel like you've got to say, well, all these ti- all this time I've been wrong. You hadn't been wrong. You just hadn't had a full revelation of there is more to God. Any good religious person only wants more of God. And it's why you've done what you've done. It's why you give. It's why you pray. It's why you read. But I've come to tell you today that what we have in this apostolic faith is not religion. Ah. Uh, this called a strong word in my house but I absolutely hate that's a strong word in our house and we try not to use those. I hate religion. Religion is destroying America. Religion is destroying our world. Some of you are understanding where I'm going and some of you are like, okay, preacher, what's going on? We need to get through this. You better make your point and make it fast. I've come to tell you today that what I have is not religion, but I've got an experience with Jesus Christ, one that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. I don't want religion. I want an experience, one that found me at an altar of repentance, that broke me out of my own addictions, that set me free, one that gave me a new life, a fresh start one that gave me more than I had ever hoped for I've come to tell somebody in this room there is more for you to experience in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts in the first verse and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples he said unto them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He's telling them there's more to just believing. There's more than just believing in the beginning, God. you got to get that part. If you don't get that, the rest of it's not going to work for you. But in the beginning, God, and he says, Have you received since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard that there whether there be any Holy Ghost. And so then he asked them this question. He said unto them, uh, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance because Jesus' name had not yet been revealed. And he's saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they began to speak with tongues and prophesied. I've come to tell you it's Bible and nothing we'll do will change the Bible because in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and this Word is already forever settled in heaven. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have to repent of your sins, be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I knew we'd be comfortable with that because we're apostolic. It's what we're used to, preacher. Can you give us something new? There is nothing new. We need to quit looking for new and get back to the old paths. Get back to rebuilding old altars and redigging old wells. We need to get back to the things that are proven. It's what David said when he went out onto the battlefield. Why wouldn't David put on Saul's armor? Well, David was a boy and it wouldn't fit. That's good logic, but that's not what David said. David looked at them and he said, this armor I have not proven. But what I have proven on the backside of daddy's field one day when a lion came, God showed up. And when a bear came, God showed up. He said, I'm going to try the only proven thing I know. It was not in David's weapon. It was not in David's courage. But it was in the fact that David called on the only name of the one true living God. And he said, you come at me with a sword and a shield. I come to you in the name of Jesus. Well, what about Matthew 28 and 19? What about Matthew 28 and 16? The 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This was after he, he rose from the dead and they were in doubt. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, listen what he says here. All power is given unto me. In heaven and in earth and we know that God is all powerful we know that God created the heavens and the earth he said I am the Lord and beside me there is none other this same God that we agree and believe that said he will not share his glory with another we understand that he is God and here this is Jesus Christ saying go and baptize in my name he said all power is given in heaven unto me if there was more than one God why wouldn't he say us? Look at the very first covenant name of God that was revealed to Moses at the burning bush. What did he say? He said, go tell them the I am that I am. The very first covenant name of God was revealed that day as I am. Not only is that translated to mean I am in your present, but the original translation means I will be what I will be. So not only is he God in your present time, but tomorrow when you get up and the adversary comes, he will be whatever you need him to be. So he says, I am that I am. And then here we find Jesus coming on the scene as just a carpenter's son. And he starts identifying himself as the only covenant name of God. When he said, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. And here's this same Jesus that says, all power is given unto me. And then he says, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'm not the most educated person in the room. I'm sure my parents paid my teacher to get me through school. But I understand today that if you take this scripture to any English professor or major, they will tell you the name of is a prepositional phrase. Name being the subject which is singular. Let's us know there is only one name of the Father, one name of the Son, one name of the Holy Ghost. And that name is Jesus. He was the Father in creation. The Son manifested in a fleshly body. and the the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you and I. And these people come to understand, I've got to do more than just repent. I've got to be baptized in the name that has all power. There is more than what we have experienced thus far in this room. I'm almost done. Are you all okay? Acts chapter number 2, the very thing that sent them to the upper room was the fact that there was a promise of more to come. 120 people went into a room, an upper room, waiting for a promise, but their waiting looked a lot different than ours. I thought about sitting up there, but I'm so small I probably can't jump up there. So I would just save everybody the embarrassment and y'all the entertainment, and I'll just come right here. Our waiting looks like this. Pastor, I'd worship with you. I'm just waiting on God to give me my breakthrough. I'd get with the music department and dance a little bit as they're singing praises about how good God is and all the things God can do. But I'm just waiting on my miracle to come. I'm just waiting on God to do something. We have got to get the mindset of waiting like 120 people did in an upper room. What they had was a promise of more to come. And so they waited for about 10 days. And their waiting was a prayer meeting. Their waiting was a worship time. Their waiting was said, I don't know what this more is. And I don't know when it's going to come or when it's going to get here, but in my waiting, I'm going to worship. In my waiting, I'm going to pray. If faith is believing without seeing, then I can dance before the deliverance happens. I can praise before the promise comes to pass. Some of you need to quit sitting still and waiting on God and get up and give him something to work with. This says it may be a week, it may be a month, it may be a year, but God, I believe you for the more that is to come. And somewhere About that 10th day, the Bible declares, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There's people in this room right now, you're sitting between the waiting and suddenly... This ain't never got nobody nothing but what I've come to learn in my 32 years of living that when somebody can find a way to give God praise, even when the devil's giving you excuses not to, God's going to show up and God's going to show out. How many of you know the Bible declares that God inhabits the praises of his people? Inhabit means live, live to dwell. Dwell means to live. Some of you are building God a little shack off in the corner somewhere and wondering why he hadn't showed up. Maybe if you'll get your praise tools out and build God a place to dwell, build God a place to live, build God a place to come home to, because where he lives, his glory lives. Where he shows up, power shows up. I've come to tell you there is more in this room right now than you have ever experienced in your life, but somebody is going to have to tap into it. And that sound of a rushing mighty wind swept through the house and all were filled with the Holy Ghost and it it bled out into the streets. What God has given Austin First Church is not meant to stay in the parameters and the confines of these walls. But it's to go on your job with you. It's to go at your home with you. It's to go everywhere that you go. Because there's a lost and dying world. And the reason they keep turning to drugs, the reason they keep turning to alcohol, the reason they keep turning to relationship after relationship is a pursuit for more. And what we have found in this house is joy unspeakable and full of glory. We've got a peace that passes all understanding. Hey, the God that I serve, he still cast out devils. About 15 people just gave me a crazy eye right there, Pastor. you got to understand, I'm not this preacher that looks at the wall. I I like to look and see what's going on out here. I'll tell you not a story I heard overseas, but one I witnessed before my own eyes. There was a lady in in the worship service in a church between the North and South Pole, somewhere between East and West. And we were there and down the worship service. She'd come in, tats on her neck, tats down her arm, jewelry all over. She still had dried blood in the crease of her arm and needle marks. Everybody understands what I'm talking about. And this woman hit her knees as worship began to happen. And I walked down there and I started praying for her. And this sweet woman, was she was very, very, very frail woman, very small. Her eyes go black as coal, and she looked at me, and with the manliest voice I've ever heard a woman have, she said, the devil said he ain't letting me go. I looked around, see if anybody else heard her, and I got mad, Sister Green. I got Holy Ghost mad, and I said, "Uh uh-uh. And I got down in her ear. I laid my hand back on top of her head. And I said, I'm not talking to, and I called her name. I said, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to every spirit in hell that has attached itself to her. (coughs) Excuse me. And Uncle Doug, about the time I'm saying that her eyes roll back in the back of her head and she starts slithering back and forth on her knees like a snake. I said I'm talking to every spirit in hell that has attached itself to her. You don't talk to me that way and you've got no authority in her life and I command you by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to leave in Jesus name. And when I said in Jesus name, her eyes popped back too. She threw her hands in the air and began to speak in tongues as God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's time the church gets tiptoeing, walking around afraid of devils. After you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power and authority. There is still power in the name of Jesus to break the chains of addiction, to break the chains of sin, to break the chains of bondage. Somebody understand today, there is more for us. I refuse right now the spirit of lying adversaries That are causing doubt in your mind Fear that has gripped people in this room right now By the authority of the name of Jesus I loose the power of the Holy Ghost I command fear to leave I command doubt to leave I command depression to be lifted off of people's life Come on somebody, there is more for you They spilled out into the street and the people that were mocking them, making fun of them, saying surely these people are drunk. Simon Peter said they're not drunk as ye suppose, but this is that that was prophesied. How the prophet, Joel, this is the Holy Ghost in fire and it posed the question in their heart, what must I do to be safe? What more do I need to do? Simon Peter said I'm glad you asked. All you got to do is repent. Everything out there is taking your money, taking your happiness, taking your joy, taking your family, taking the peace in your home, and all God wants is your trouble. Y'all go ahead and stand with me. It's in here right now. Somebody's ready. I, I don't know if we're waiting for a formal altar call. The reality is the altars are never closed. They're always open. The Bible says no man comes to the Father, but the Spirit draweth him to do so. When you feel the Spirit move, you move. There's people in this room that all the world has given you. When you search for more, it's given you more, all right. More trouble, more problems, more chaos, more depression, more anxiety. And the list could go on and on and on. But you ask anybody in this room that's born again of the water and the Spirit. When they came, it wasn't about their money. It wasn't about their background. It wasn't about their pedigree. It wasn't about who their parents were. It wasn't about the car they drove, the clothes they wore, or the money in the bank account. It was about the fact that the Bible says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke 19 and 10. I want to preach good, but it's not about preaching good. The commission wasn't preach fancy sermons. the commission was go preach the gospel for one purpose that souls could be saved i see a couple walkers in the aisle today i believe those of you that walked in here with these walkers could walk out of here made whole i believe that with everything in me i believe it can happen right now but the reality is they can make it to heaven with a walker you can make it to heaven sick you can make it to heaven broke. I'm holding on to that one. You can make it to heaven with all kind of things going on. But it's what Jesus said when we found him with another devout religious man. in John chapter 3 when he meets Nicodemus. And Nicodemus says, God, what do I got to do? What more do I got to do? I'm a good person. I'm religious. I do everything that I need to do. I pray. I give. But I got to do. There's got to be more. And Jesus said, except a man is born again. Of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know what's going to turn your life around? Repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Those of you with the Holy Ghost, you still need more. That's what Bartimaeus realized. His wasn't necessarily a spiritual need. He had a physical helmet, but he realized who was coming by. He realized an opportunity for more was at the door. The lady with the issue of blood realized there was more at the door. The Samaritan woman at a well. Who also, God had to get culture and racism out of the way first. He did. He sent his disciples to town to buy meat because racism was so strong in the day. And when he walked up to her, her first question was, who are you, a Jew, asking of me, a Samaritan, a drink? Culture says we can't talk. But he told her, if you only knew who I was. Some of you have tried so many things. We talk about her relationships, Brother Green. We talk about she had had five husbands. She was shacked up with a dude she wasn't married to. I don't know if that's good vernacular in the city. I'm, I'm a country boy. I was, like, I was like 15 before I knew what shoes were. Best appetite we had a home was a spoonful of dirt sometimes. Just country. She was shacked up with a dude she wasn't married to. And we oftentimes ridicule her and talk about her promiscuous lifestyle and talk about how bad of a woman she was before. Could it be, speculation at best, but could it be that she was searching for happiness? It's where some of us in this room are today. Relationship after relationship after relationship has left you broken, left you hurting, left you looking for more. Not only just intimate relationships, relationships with your own family. Some of you today bear the wounds and the scars that the people closest to you put on you. And it's made it hard for you to be open in this process. It's made it hard for you to be open in this atmosphere of God's spirit. Because you've had to build a wall to protect yourself from getting hurt. I don't know anybody's story. There ain't but probably four or five people in this room I know today. We ain't talked about nothing. I'm telling you, there's people in this room right now. You need to let the wall down because there's more. People hurt you and God got the blame for it. God's trying to love you unconditionally. say they begin to play and sing whatever they feel. Search for more is going to be answered in this altar. Your money's not gonna buy it. I I'm not diminishing the fact that we need to give. I'm not diminishing the fact that it's biblically required of you to pay tithes. I'm not diminishing none of those things. But it's not about your money, it's about your soul. We pray for our government, we pray for our local leaders, and we should. And I will continue until the day that I die. But you got to understand today, this world is coming to an end. The only way it's going to get better is when that eastern sky splits and a trumpet sounds. And at that moment... The very things you're not willing to lay down on an altar and have salvation will be the very thing you laid down to go to eternal damnation. You're going to give it up one way or the other. And I'd rather, Brother Green, give it up and hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, than to hook up from the pits of hell and say, Send the beggar with a drop of water. Send somebody to quench this thirst. I don't want to single any individuals out today. But there are people in every section of this room that what I am preaching right now is digging deep into what you're facing. In the middle of your night, you're awake and tears running down your face, unable to sleep, uneasy, unresting because of the chaos and the turmoil that's going on in your life. There's more for you. So as this church body comes, I'm asking you to come with them. Maybe you're not comfortable coming. Just lift your hands. Close your eyes. But I'm telling you, somebody right now, there is more for you than you have done up to this point in your world. And it starts with one simple conversation. God, I'm sorry just as simple as I'm talking to the people under the sound of my voice right now it's a conversation that says God I need you come on somebody don't stay in the comfortable place of the wilderness right now don't say this is the way that it's been and this is the way that it'll always be that's a lie from the pits of hell if you'll step into an atmosphere of more right now and you'll begin to lift your voice now's not the time to pray a lay me down to sleep kind of prayer but to lift your voice to let the tears flow to let the wall down there is depression that is going to leave this room there is oppression that is going to be lifted off of your life anxiety flee in the name of jesus This is a place where somebody's going to be forgiven of addiction. Somebody's life's going to be set free. Step into more right now. If I could have the ministry team help me pray. All over this room right now, I wonder if you just close your eyes. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, just close your eyes and lift your hands. Lift your voice right now. By the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the power of your